another session of Twisted Tales. To my right is Desi Dez. And across from us, we got another special guest with us today, man. Very special know. guest. Let them know who Introduce you are. Yourself. Oh. So I'm Esme from Jersey. Hey, y'all. Jersey? What part Jersey. of Jersey? I live in Elizabeth. Okay. Is that where you're from? I'm Dominican. Oh, okay. Originally. Yeah, I came here when I was seven. Okay, so what was that like living over there then? Or do you remember? Um, I mean, it was awesome. If, if what I remember, it was awesome. And then when I got older and I actually started traveling over there, there's no place like home. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you go back often? Right. Before pre-COVID? All the time. I have. I haven't been in the last couple of like years, but there was a time when I was like waking up, like, okay, I'm going home. Mm -hmm. And I was like spending a day in DR and coming back. And mm -hmm. yeah, but I, I, I love it there. Okay. So are you the only child? No, actually from, from my father's side, I have two sisters and from my mom, I have two brothers. Mm -hmm. So okay. yeah. And what's it like yeah. growing up, growing up in that household? So, so funny enough, I had like a um a weird kind of tragic, I guess, um upbringing because I, I went to foster care when I was um like thirteen. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really get a chance to like, you know what I'm saying, like have that family thing going on. So. Okay. So how was your foster parents? Right. So I didn't have, it was kind of like a mix when I went into foster care, I moved around to a lot of, um, uh, a lot of group homes. And then I got pregnant shortly after that when I was 14. So I went into like a, a pregnant shelter. And then when my daughter, when I was like, I want to say like 17, I went into like an actual foster care home, but it was for pregnant girls. So we kind of lived upstairs and like the parents lived downstairs. Um, and that was that was a little weird, but you know, I was blessed. So. How did you meet your, you know, you wasn't still with your baby father? No, I wasn't. Um, I, it's, a, it's like a whole story behind it, but he was a lot older oh. than I was. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, he was a lot older than I was like when old? I met. He was in his twenties. You fourteen? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! And you was fourteen? I was thirteen actually when oh, I started doing. Yeah, yeah. He's like late twenties, like or early or late, like. No, he was like in his mid twenties. Like 24, 25? Like twenty four, like twenty four. Yeah. Where did you meet him at. I, he, I was in my house and he was down the block. He was like a drug dealer, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so what happened was because I was in such a, um, like a violent um, home, yeah. I kind of like, he was kind of like my savior, right? Cause like I would go to, I would get ready to go to school dealing with everything that I was dealing at home. And he will always be like, you know, like I could be a protector and I got you and all this other extra stuff. So when I decided that I was gonna actually, um, when I went into foster care, I needed a protector, right? I needed a provider. And I know this sounds horrible, but he was like my safety net. Mm -hmm. So um, he became, you know, my boyfriend. 
because I needed that safety. When I decided, when I actually decided to leave my house, um, to run away from the rape and the violence that I was going through, um, I kind of needed a place to stay. Right. And as I was leaving out, he was there. You said running from the so, rape? You said running from the rape and violence. Now, talk to me about right. that. How does this occur? Now, was that in the foster um, when you were in the foster system? No. So okay. I came, my mom, my biological mother, she brought me here when I was seven years old. Mm -hmm. And she was a prostitute. So um, with her being a prostitute, you know, she tried to protect me as much as she could. Yeah. But all protection, you know, like you can try to protect someone, but if they're directly in that environment, you know, it's kind of like it is what it is. So, um, so what happened to her psychologically was that she resented me because I kind of became the woman of the household. Mm. So, um, instead of her saying, you know, this is my daughter and she's kind of being my strength, yeah. she said, she's taking away what I'm supposed to be doing. So she became very, um, violent. She started like, you know, hitting me all of the time, I guess, taking out her rage. And then at some point she got involved with a man who was raping me. And when I decided that, you know, like I was done, I was tired of being hit and abused and raped. Um, and I brought it to her. It was like, well, you're the reason why this is happening. You know, like, look how you look, look how you dress and look what you're doing. Mm. Um, and at that point I was done. Cause she, she kept taking me to like, she kept, I'm sorry about that. She kept taking me to like different churches and stuff. And I found myself like, I felt like she was taking me to like these cults. And I was just like, I can't do, you know what I mean? Like at this point, I'd rather be anywhere but here. Mm. So, um, you know, like on a random night, I went in, I had, so what happened right before then was I had got caught up with the wrong friends, right? Cause I wanted an escape yeah. and I went out with this girl who I should have known better because she kind of never liked me. And instead of going to school that morning, I went with her. And what happened was she got me drunk of some cuvassier and I can't really tell you what happened, but I woke up like butt naked, right? Mm. So now I'm in a situation where I'm like, I put myself here. So what's go and then I have what's going on in the house. So I'd rather be anywhere than in my own skin. So I got home that day and I just told my mom everything that was going because it's like I had at that age I had hit rock bottom mm. and you know that's when she hit me with the well you deserve it you know this is this was supposed to happen to you and I just kind of walked out and when I kind of walked out he was right there now so and, you know was this me trying to look for I was 13. okay I was 13. Yeah, I had just finished like junior high school. Um, well, I, I stayed with him for a little bit. And then, like I said, that was violent. So I kind of, there was like, I used to play handball a lot. Mm -hmm. So I spent a lot of time in the handball park. Like I said, it was a summertime. So I was pretty, I was, I was pretty good. Um, I spent a lot of time going back and forth from, um, you know, friends and their parents' house and things of that nature. And so finally, um, because of the school situation, I got snatched up by the cops. So basically the cops bring me back home and I'm like hell bent that I'm not staying there. Um, so finally, 
they put me in a facility for kids with um like behavior issues mm-hmm. so they put me through like boot camp i want it was uh i don't know if it's still called that is dobbs ferry or something like that mm-hmm. um so like basically an intense boot camp and they they, they evaluate you you go through a lot of like um psychologists and stuff like that and then pretty much um when it was time for me to go back home i was like i'm not i'm not doing it you know i'm not going back home so um this just became a placement of different group homes so my life up until i was 19 was going from group home to group home some shelters um but the whole time like i had my daughter when i was 14 so the whole time up until i signed myself out at 19 I was just moving. So if you ask me, like, so initially when you were like, oh, well, where are you from? I was going to say, I'm from everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) How is the group home life? Like, what is, just give us the picture of the group home. Like, what all? Man, it's fighting every day. I fought, I was a thug. (laughs) (laughs) I fought, seriously, like, I fought for my underwears. I fought for respect. Um... Uh, I, I did have great times because I think I've always been like a passive person mm-hmm. and very loving. So I when I was like in a stable group home, it was a lot of um, more like I was motherly and the girls would come to me. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it was like it was a great balance of a mess. It was either it was great or it was horrible. Um, and I never had like terrible experiences in a group home. Um, as far as the staff, everybody was loving and helpful. I did initially um, have a situation with one of the staff members where he was, um, yeah, he was he was taking advantage of me. Definitely, he was. Um, Why he, you say I, that? I, huh? Why you say that? Well, because so this group home that I was in mm-hmm. um, shifts changed, right? So his shift was from like 11 o'clock at night to seven o'clock in the morning. Mm. So initially it started with little things like, first of all, I thought I was grown, you know, and I was smoking cigarettes. So he started off with like bringing me cigarettes and stuff like that. Mm. Then um, I would go to sleep and wake up to him like standing by my bed. And then um, one night we had curfews, like time that we had to come in. And um, I was still like back and forth with my child's father. And um, one night I came home and I was smelling like sex, right? So he was like, oh, I smell that grown scent on you. And, um, you know, he was like, I was past my curfew, so I was in trouble. So I went upstairs, like I ran up the stairs or whatever, and I was in the shower. And then he just let himself, you know, in the shower. And um, he actually, like days later after that, he actually, um, like, followed me to my route and actually took me to one of his friends. I don't know if it was his friend or like his family member, Mm. but they actually kept me there for a few days and, you know, kind of raped me and stuff like that. Hold on, he followed you and then he took you. So if he's following behind you, how did he take? Hey, this your boy Desi Des. And it's your boy Mojo. And if you like what you were seeing so far, make sure you you like, like, comment, and subscribe to the page. And if all else fails and you like what you're talking about as far as this merch-wise, baby, hit us up. You know what I'm saying? Check us out on YouTube or Instagram or Facebook at Twisted Youngins with a Z. 
You know what I'm talking about? Make sure you give us an email mm-hmm. at twistedyoungins at gmail.com for it, all promotions. Where is it at? At twistedyoungins at gmail.com? Yes, sir, with a Z. And also, if y'all don't like what you see right now as far as merch-wise, we yeah. got more merch, and we also do your yeah, merch. Do your merch, Send too. Us in a we couple support designs. everybody. Yeah, and we do promotional packages, interviews, videos, articles, whatever you guys need, man. Just Thank make you. sure you hit us up. Holla at you, baby. Well, he was in his car. It was past. It was like past his shift, right? So he was following you when you was walking. Yeah, when I was walking. So I this was in Brooklyn. So okay. Okay. we were at the back of Seagate, I think it's called, like right at the end of Coney Island. Yeah. So back then, you either took a, a dollar cab, right, or you walked to where the train is. And I was in Brooklyn, but initially, all my friends and everything was in the Bronx. So I always had to walk to the train. You know, and this is someone, like, this is a staff member that had progressively built a quote-unquote friendship. Yeah. At the time, I'm a child, so I don't know no better. You know what I mean? And I'm so trying to have grown. So you right? have in and, and roll with him. And he probably, right. I, I got one more stop before I take you where you're going. Right. It was, right. It was something like that. And then, you know you that. This was for a few days? Yeah, I was I was gone for a few days. I was gone for like three days. Like I still have scars of like when his his I think he was like I I'm pretty sure it was like his uncle or something like that. And like he literally like would take um like cigarettes and I have like scars still from the cigarette burns and stuff. What um, the but I, cigarette yeah. and burn them on you? Yeah. It was bad. They peed on me. It was bad. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. How old is you at this time? Oh, sister. I'm still. I'm still 13. This was a bad year. Yeah. Man, listen. First of all, I'm glad that you know. I know. You know. I'm saying on your behalf that that's a lot to go through, and I'm glad that you could actually smile about this whole situation. But at the end of the day, though, let's just let's just be honest. I mean, you're 13, like you said, they peeing on you, they didn't burn cigarettes on you, they're probably raping you. What the fuck? Going straight to him. And how long? Like I said, how many days was this? It was for like I want to say it was like two or three days. So for two, he picked you up walking. You do you making your rounds? He picked you up. And for two days, they just, you know, did they not know they with you? Did they not think you right. were gonna take? And you know what was so crazy? You know what's so crazy? Uh-huh. The only thing that I guess when you when you're young and you come from a certain like environment, mm-hmm. um, you don't understand like the severity of the people that are supposed to protect you, right? Mm-hmm. Because after like the whole ordeal, and he was like, you know, get dressed and shit. And I, um, he, he took me to McDonald's and he was like, oh, like you could get whatever you want. And I'm still like, I still always remember how in my head I'm trying to like rationalize. Oh, but you know, he made sure I was good. Um, and it's not until now, like as a woman that I understand why I am the way I am, because now those situations, I understand like how I'm supposed to be treated and who's supposed to respect me and how, you know, people can't make they can't like they can't give me things to make me to make me forget you know what they did wrong yeah so that's why i hold people accountable that's why i hold myself so accountable so to your point i smile about you know the things that i went through because i feel like they molded me Mm -hmm. to the person that i am and i think that you know when people see me like their first react they see me or they see what i post 
their first reaction is, oh, like, you know, she out there or whatever, but they don't understand, like, the morality and the, the levels that I hold myself to because of everything that I've gone through, so... Mm -hmm. So do you think they may have done that before? Because I, I can't I'm, see nobody just saying, like, a woman coming over your crib, you say, okay, cool, she in the back? Yeah, I mean, we, we talking about a cigarettes yeah, out on At the it. same time, I mean, we talking about a 13-year-old. These, like, right. this man scooped up a 13-year-old and took it to his homeboy's crib, and they kept it for two days and did, like and I said, had they cigarettes and, and like, peeing on her. Like, what kind And you said it you right. I think these motherfuckers have did this before. That's a fact. They, you they, they've been They definitely, before. so I'll tell you this. Um... I, I can only speak from my experience, right? But when I first went into foster care, that was around the time that, um, like, prostitution was at its high. Like, these were the things that people didn't talk about, like government officials and things like that. Like, literally, there was this place that's called Covenant House, right? So you will go there, and literally, like, guys will go in their cars and pick up these young girls, and these young girls will go missing forever. And nobody spoke about that so i'm sure like it was so much shit going on during that time that i personally didn't hear people talk about but i was living it you understand like i was i remember being like 14 15 years old working at a strip club i wasn't dancing i was doing like co-check but like the man who hired me to do co-check like he knew how old i was and i was seeing these girls from the group home come in and out so like real real shit was going on, you know, and you read these books and, you know, you talk, you, you watch these movies and you think, oh, it can only happen in movies, but I was living it. Like I was seeing it day in and day out. So I'm pretty sure that this was going on because I know, like now I'm able to look back and see the behaviors of some of the girls that lived with me, like how they reacted, like body, body language when that man would come in. So I'm pretty sure that he was doing this. You know what I mean? I I'm, I just feel that there was so much fear and actually speaking about it because he had a position of authority yeah. that nobody was speaking up. Yeah. I think in all them different uh, incidents you had with him, I feel like he was testing you. You know what I'm saying? Would she tell on me if I stand in front of her bed? Would she mm -hmm. tell on me if I come in a bathroom? I mean, come, in, I come, a, in, the shower. come in the shower. She ain't said nothing the next day? Okay, oh, cool. Scoop her up. Say no yeah. More. yeah, he kept right. I agree. I agree. And he's, you know, like I said, it's things that now as an adult and as you go through life, you realize like, damn, you know what I mean? There were so many things that I could have did, yeah. but what happens is when we're not educated as young, young women coming up or young girls, yeah. and we don't understand that this is not okay and yeah. that we are to be protected, you yeah. know? And when we speak out, people are not necessarily like, I'm open, you know, to these discussions. And I feel like that's what happens. You know, those are the results. You get fucking like raped, not just yeah. penetrated, but just raped from the things that you're supposed to receive. So. So when you got yeah. back after uh, kicking, I mean, well, after being abducted, abducted for two days, for, yeah, two, mm -hmm. three days, what happened? Did you think about telling or you were just cool? No, um, I think by that time I had, you have to understand like mental health, right? Mm -hmm. So I had been going through things for so long. I've been taken out of one place, put into another that by this, I was talking to a hell of psychiatrists, right? So at this point I was 
trying to cater to my safety, right? I need a place to stay. I need food. And I don't want to be out here getting fucked, excuse the word, right? So, so for what? You know what I mean? Like, right now, I'm thinking of a master plan to actually get out of the system. But I'm really, like, in handcuffs. You know what I mean? Like, and these invisible handcuffs because I'm a child. I don't have nobody that's looking for me. Nobody that's protecting me. So who am I going to honestly tell? So I kind of just came in. It was like a mental... I mentally told myself every day, like, okay, I know that moving forward, these are the things that you need to do to get the fuck up out of here, you know? And I think that from the time that I had my child, everything that I did from going to school, from getting my degree, from getting my career, everything has been to make sure that I'd never end up there, you know? So I was kind of just like, I have nobody to tell. I got to be my own superhero. So now I'm just developing a way to get there. Okay. So let's, let's go ahead and move a little bit more. So you said you did go to school and get your degree, right? I did. How did you get to that point? Cause you said around 19, it was when you finally got away from all of that. Hold up, she was 14 in the strip club. Yeah. Can you give us some stories? No, you was 15 working in the strip club, right? So, right. So, so I had my daughter. Okay. And Mm -hmm. when, when I had my daughter, I couldn't go into, um, I could, they can't leave you in group homes, right? Because you're a liability. Yep. So they put me in the shelter for pregnant girls. Mm-hmm. So um, once I actually had my child and I went into a foster care and I had more flexibility as far as people, like, you know, they, they help you with child care. They help you get into school. So now I have some sort of stability. Now, when I had that, I knew, let me tell you, when my daughter was born, I didn't even want to touch her. Like, I didn't, I didn't even want to acknowledge her. Because honestly, I think that I didn't have an abortion because I didn't know that that was available to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't, I didn't, my mind didn't process everything that was happening. I literally walked to the hospital when I was in contractions. I have been like leaking for a week. I didn't know anything. You know, I didn't, I didn't have, I went to prenatal care one time. So when she was born, I tell people, I tell everybody this story, right? When she came out of me, I had like one of those moments you see in the cartoon where like the heavens open and you hear the music. And it was like that moment, everything changed. It's like literally I became a woman with a brain. And when I left that hospital, that was my mission. And because I had childcare, um, I did all my running around. I got myself immediately back into school and I had back then there were so many opportunities for um a younger person to work like on um how you call it? I'm sorry, my Spanish. Sometimes I think in Spanish. Mm-hmm. So when I verbalize it, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I started working in a the supermarket. They didn't require, you know, like my social and all that. They'll pay pay me um under the table. That's what you guys call it, right? Yeah. Right. So I started making my own money. And then I went to, um, I did like high school and college at the same time. They had a program where you would like get your GED and your high school, your GED and you get college credits. And I was able to bring my daughter with me to like take my test. Mm. Um, So just a lot of doors. I started making a path. And when I was making a path for myself, doors started opening. So that's exactly what I did. I started working. I started stacking my money. 
I had like three, like I said, I was working at a strip club. I was working at um, Old Navy. I was working in the supermarket. I worked everywhere. I was selling clothes if I had to, you know what I mean? Like everything was a hustle. I was learning how to do things so that I can hustle. Mm -hmm. um, and then by the time I was 19, I was interning with a lawyer because I went to, to law school, right? I didn't finish, but that was my path because in my mind, I never wanted to be a statistic again. You know, people were already looking at me in disgust because I'm a teen mom. And back then it was like the worst thing you could be. So in my head is like, I'm never going to be played. I'm never going to be raped again. I'm never going to be disrespected because I don't got it. So everything in my mind was just getting it. And that's what I did. I got it. I mean, yeah, that you did. I mean, so like he said, being 15, you working three jobs, Old mm -hmm. Navy, you at the supermarket, you in a strip mm -hmm. club. Mm -hmm. What is that like? And at the same time, you're a parent. So you're 15, mm -hmm. you're single. And I, mean, I was going this to point, school. You're a single mother, right? And you're going to and school, you trying to, to get school. your GED right. and college credits. Right. And all of this is at 15. I know people who in their 30s need to still do the same shit. But <laughs> right. <laughs> we talking about you 15 and you doing all mm -hmm. of this. Right. How was working in the strip club? Like, what what is some of yeah. the stuff you ain't seen in there? Give me some of them stories. Um. Well, I mean, everything that everybody else has seen. You know, girls going in the VIP in the VIP room. Um. A lot of drugs. A lot of disgusting guys. It was so weird to me because I work co check, right? So like, guys will leave the inside of the strip club to like try to get me. You know what I mean? And it. It kind of um, it kind of built for me this idea that um, I would always get more if I gave less, right? Because I saw how these men is like these women who were openly giving it. Mm -hmm. They still bypassed them to come to me, right? Because they wanted me to get there. So my power wasn't not giving them what they were giving them. My power wasn't staying not accessible. So, you know, again, another experience that molded me into becoming the woman that I am. Um, I've I've experienced, I don't think, I don't think I experienced anything in the strip club that I didn't like experience in my in my life prior to that. You know, like nothing was shocking to me. Um, but funny enough, um, there's a lot of like very smart, strong women that are strippers. You know, everybody has a story and everybody's doing it for a reason. Yeah. And also you you have these men who also have a story, you know, and I, and I heard a lot of stories. What, so, the wildest, what is the wildest thing you've seen in the strip club at that time? At that time, um, it was like a thing back then. And I, I maybe because it was Brooklyn, but like um, women were bullet holes. <laughs> like men, men were bullet holes. Yeah, like men were fascinated with like putting their fingers and in, inside whoa, the whoa, holes. Whoa, 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 whoa! Bring that back. You said they were infatuated with putting their yeah. fingers in women's bullet holes. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. You said that's some Brooklyn, right? That's some Brooklyn shit. That's <laughs> <Ask> anybody. <laughs> like, damn! Somebody tried. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Have you seen? You seen some celebrities come through? Uh, no, I've seen celebrities like outside of that, but not at, not at that time, no. Okay. 
All right, so let's go ahead and move a little forward. So like I said, at that, and like I said, at that point, you're 15, you're going through all of that, but you mm-hmm. graduate. I mean, you get your GED, you go, you get your yeah. college credits and everything. What did you mm-hmm. initially want to go to school for? I wanted to become a lawyer. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And I ended up, I only got, I, I only got as far as being a paralegal because um, <clears throat> when I started doing law, I started interning with a, uh, an attorney and it was around the time when the, the real estate market crashed. Mm-hmm. And um, as strong as I am. Was that 2008? About, I think, I'm not sure, but um, I have a really like soft heart, right? Mm-hmm. And at that time when the market was crashing, there was a lot of, there was still a lot of people, especially people in power that were um, basically setting people, like putting people into homes that they weren't going to be able to afford. Mm-hmm. So that's when, I don't, I don't know if you guys remember, but like there were a lot of rich people like killing themselves because they were losing everything. But there were also a lot of families that were losing everything. And I was making a lot of money. I don't have any, any student loans because I, I tell you guys, I'm, when I tell you guys I'm a hustler, you probably ain't never meet a hustler like me. Okay. <laughs> when I got into real estate, I learned how to do both sides of a closing, you know, the seller and the buyer. I learned how to do a contract from beginning to end. I did all the contracts to the point where the attorney that I worked for, she started her own firm and I was taking care of that firm. So I was getting paid from the bank. I was getting paid from the title company. I was getting paid at this age. So um, I I was paying for college. Not to mention that like the brokers would take me out to thank me for these deals and they were paying for my school. And at what age oh, um, did they take you out for the deal? Like, did they try to holler? I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, mm. I'm pretty sure they were. Somebody I in there pay, was like, hey, pay your rent. Where you rent at? The hell? <laughs> <laughs> your paralegal, girl, please. Shoot. We have positions all day in my firm. But, um, yeah, man. But if, I, I'll tell you that, like, if, like uh, back again to my backstory, mm-hmm. um, I learned so much about not giving so much of myself to gain what I wanted, that those bridges were never crossed. Because I always, in my mind, it was like, the minute I felt like the minute I gave you, it's just like that guy, right? He was testing me. And at that time, by then, I understood that people will test you. And when you give in, then you're kind of like fucked. So, long as you keep it, you got that power. You give good right, power. and I gotta keep that power. Yeah, that's how you keep that power. You looking good, smelling good. You you willing to hop in the car, go? That, you want to take me out of there? Cool, but I'm keeping this twice. I mean, I'm keeping that box, you know. And you gonna get that money because they they pay whatever. Just at the, the end of the day, of saying, yeah. At the end of the day, like you said, you're not making yourself accessible. Period. Yeah. It look right. like you go up is strictly business. Yeah, you may look right. good, but when I mean, they walk up you on flirt you, a little bit. Ain't no wrong to look good conversation. I mean, good conversation, right? Because good conversation can definitely be mistaken for flirting, yeah. and and I think that went before I mastered good conversation without the extra giggles. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh, she's probably flirting. Maybe I have an opportunity. Mm-hmm. But now I walk in the door with my happy personality. But this is like, this is our business. No, you can't. 
I mean, of course, in a man's mind, you guys are just naturally hunters. Yeah. So it's like, of course I can. Eventually, I'm going to get there. Yeah. So let me go no. harder than the next, yeah. right? If I crack a few more jokes, it'd be yeah. all right. <laughs> Keep smiling. Right. We'll get them there. But shoot, you know, you smart too. You've been, you know, you already new. To, you're true to this game, not new to it. So Yeah. Man, listen, I'm 35 years old now. Okay. I got I got some belts under here. Yeah, Hall of Fame. Oh no, nah, you ain't got no yeah. belt. They retiring your jersey these days. So okay. are you, you go. do you got a you in a relationship? I am I am in a relationship. I've been in a relationship for the last year and okay. couple of months. Okay. And how's yeah. that? Yeah. Best experience I've had in my life. Okay. In the last like, year. Yeah, like the last year and change. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Um, so even though I became accomplished. I had a, you know, I, I career-wise, I became very accomplished. Mm. By the time I was 20-something, I was making, like, almost $50 an hour. Mm. Um, I've written grants. I've excelled, right? Mm. But I was still coming home to my pain. So I was giving the world this happiness, and I was giving the world all this joy. But my reality that I was coming home to was complete defeat. My self-esteem was to the floor. I was I was real big. I don't know if you got a chance to look at my Instagram, but I was like almost 300 and something pounds. And Ew. that was because, huh? I, I couldn't talk. Uh, well, I mean, you have to go through it. Well, go, you have to go, go through it, yeah, right? You gotta go through it. You can't, you can't just go in and scroll and look at the first few pages. You gotta yeah, scroll okay. down. Okay. You know? Sometimes they, you know, everybody, especially women, hey, like, go ahead. Back in my day, I was really big. And I feel like even though I was maturing, I was still like, I still um, accepted some fucked up relationships because I hadn't become the woman that I was supposed to become. So when I left my last relationship, um, I decided that I needed to heal from all this tragic shit that was still keeping me coming home crying. Cause I only got a career and then all this extra shit because I didn't want people to put me, like I cared so much about what people said, right? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to prove everybody wrong, but I never did what I truly wanted to do. So when I left my last relationship, I decided that I was gonna be single, that I wasn't gonna answer to anybody but myself. So I started to work on myself. I started to fall in love with myself. I started to take care of myself. You know, I lost all this weight and I really started to understand what I liked, what I didn't like, you know, um, what I was comfortable with and what I wanted. And, you know, I did what I wanted to do. Basically, I love to travel. So I started traveling. My daughter had gotten a little older and I had the money to do it, you know? So I was just out here living, always letting people know, like, listen, I'm living, I'm not answering to anybody. And um, by the time he came, and then I, again, I had mad jobs because <laughs> I always had that fear. <laughs> I, have, I had that fear of being broke, right? So I was yeah. always working and out, working and out, working and traveling. Mm -hmm. So when he came along, he's eight years younger than me. Okay. Right? So I was like, I'll never deal with a, a dude that's younger than me. I have a, a, a daughter that's about to be 20, right? Mm -hmm. So he was like, oh, just I'll show you my resume. Let me, you know what I'm saying? Like, let me just come around. So I was like, fuck it. You can't, like, you can't keep, keep opening the same doors and expecting different results. You know what I'm saying? Like, I kept wondering 
why I don't get me wrong because I treat myself a certain way. Those type of men that approach me are very good men on paper, but nobody was making me feel anything. You know, they just had more to offer as far as income, yeah. you know, as far as titles, but emotionally and mentally, they really had nothing to offer me. So it was like, why be with somebody who's just going to keep you in the same level where you are? So when I met him, he, he like really took the time to understand me. A lot of men are always like, oh, well, you're so pretty. So you must be fucking, I'm not even like, I'm not even there. You know what I mean? So it's like, he understood that it wasn't about my Instagram, my social media, you know, my hosting. It was about like, yo, this woman is somebody. So let me get to know that somebody and then let me work with her. And he's taught me, he taught me how to trade. I was able to quit all my jobs. Literally all I do is trade and my business, like my, my, um, community services, Mm -hmm. my, uh, life coaching, because now I have all this financial freedom that I was taught. He didn't give it to me. He taught me how to stand on my own two feet. And he allows me to just be exactly who I am. And I'm really discovering that love is not like, oh, I got to be on top of somebody. Love is being able to be myself and wanting to just come home to this one person. So I'm, I'm good. Okay. That's all I got. That's my spill. Trading through like Forfax or something like that? No, we, no, we do options trading. He actually teaches. Um, a full course on how to trade on your own. He doesn't take your money. He charges a one-time fee um, for a 30-day class. And then he teaches you the entries, the exits, um, when the mark is up, what to look for. He's, yeah, he's something different. When I tell you in three months, I made, in, three, in less than three months, I made the salaries of three jobs. So just to tell you that my daughter goes made all that in three months. In three months, my daughter goes to Pace University. Her um, her her semester is thirty six thousand dollars per semester, and she dorms. So how much you had to push in before you? I'm saying before you seen that you know the money come back. How much you have to? But I'll tell you the the, this is my truth, right? Go ahead. Um, and everybody's story is different, but I I um. I initiated my account with $2,000 and my initial investment was $906. I'll give you a freebie. This was with Apple. So by the time my first month, I had 10 grand. Then I took that 10 grand and I said, my comfortable number is always 25. So I always um, invest 2,500 because I'm, listen, I care about my money. So I want to keep it in my pocket. So I'm not giving you everything. So then I made an investment for 2,500. I'll give you another freebie on Zoom, right? I woke up to like 30 grand overnight, 36 grand to be exact, Mm. overnight. And then you take that money and you flip it and you flip it and then you don't got to work for nobody. We got to interview your future husband. You should. You guys should. He's should. More. No, yes, we should. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. we should. We just had somebody <laughs> on here talking about forex trading yeah. and everything. So he's, in the, he's, in the, he's, he's in the room. He'll. I'll, I'll pass on the details. Okay. His um his uh IG is at Solomon 
trade exp i'm gonna get it from you i'm gonna write yeah, you send just, it yeah, yeah just send it to the email but yeah i gotcha so so right now um so obviously we're a partnership he mm -hmm. does all the teaching i do administrative stuff because okay. you guys know i got my own uh stuff going on but right now we're doing classes in new york new jersey um washington mm -hmm. and oh and we're get we're getting an office in february in Kearney. Okay, there you go. Look at you. See, the pandemic ain't holding y'all down. Yeah. No, no, the <laughs> pandemic. You, uh, unfortunately, I know that the pandemic's been crazy for people, but we have really like powered up during this pandemic. He opened his business. He he's paying for me to get my nonprofit right now. You know, like we, yeah. So what That's is good. the process to getting that five hundred one c three for the nonprofit? What is that process? So I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm just starting it now because I've done so much homework, and I've actually tried to like become somebody's. Um, I had someone in mind to like mentor me through the process, mm. and that person didn't want to accept me because she was like, "Oh, your social media." You know what I mean? I can't like I don't want to work with someone like you because your image. What? Um, so, yeah, so it's ruined these off, streets. Based off the way you look, they mm -hmm. don't want to do business with you, not knowing that you trading and doing all of this extra stuff. You used to do contracts. You ran a goddamn firm at one point, not to mention everything you've been through and working three jobs and all that crazy stuff. Being I've written grants, like. It's, they should be, yeah. they should be ashamed of their dance. Like you said, they broke what they got to do with them, though? <laughs> right but that's the world that's the that's the world we live in but um yeah, go ahead. so right now i'm actually in the process of you know like doing once i know i have i'm going to make sure that once i know the process i am going to share it for free because Ooh. for the last couple of months people have they got me fucked up <laughs> mm. yeah now what what is it what is the what is actually I guess I should say what is the issue like what is the problem with it what why why won't why won't it, then you know why won't they just let you get through with it like what well, I'm gonna tell you what it is what what and this is what it's not just with a with a um, a nonprofit mm -hmm. this is with any business right okay. people people forget what it takes to get to where they they at right so instead of having conversations where we want to uplift people so that they can get there without the fucking hurdles, yeah. they rather say, oh, that person is broke and this person is not doing what they got to do. They probably, they rather talk shit. Unknowing that if you put people on, that's the more like-minded people that you can actually interact with. Yeah. And I won't be a competition if you continue to stay on your shit. You understand? Like there's so much money out there for everybody and people act as if someone else becomes, you know, a six figure person or somebody becomes a millionaire, like it's gonna take away from your money. And that's not true because the more money that is around the table, the more business transactions that could be made. For someone like me who trades in the market, the more money that goes into the pot, that's the more money I'm able to get out of it. You know what I mean? So it's like, people have this fear of falling off because someone else comes on and that's not the case. There's nothing wrong. How, why do you think that like, um, people like Arabs, right? Like Chinese people, they all in businesses with their families yeah. and they'll one will come and get on and bring the other one and the other one. Yeah. And it's like a chain, right? Yeah. 
And they're always up. That's why they own communities. That's why they own property. Mm. But then you have individuals, you know, like the individuals that I've dealt with. The that black community. Like, that's going to bring it. We ain't yeah. on the dang thing. You know, I mean, not like one you community said, it's just, is, it's just like you said, everyone else, they get on, yeah. they're bringing other people with them, whereas sadly, we have the, what they say, the crab in the bucket mentality, yeah. where somebody getting on, our like, stores, oh, they're going to leave us, bring them down. No black people owns none of our stores, whether that's gas stations, whether that's uh, quick stops where you can just stop and go, you know, get your food or whatever. Supermarkets, supermarkets whatever. nothing. It is Arabs, it is Chinese, it is the Koreans and stuff like that. Well, of course, we yeah. there and all that. Hell, half time, shit. We're on the mailbox, PO box, none of that shit. So, yeah. And, that's, and you know, it, it's just so it's so messed up because then, like you know, you forget. It's like they forget mm. that how hard it was for them to get there. Yeah. And the key, the key to everybody else is that um, when they put on people, those people are working. They're not waiting. Mm. Oh, come get me. No, those people are working. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's either you're you're forgetting where you come from, but then the people that you do want to help, they just want a handout. If everybody mm. just works collectively, yeah. then you'll be fine because everybody's working. You know what I mean? If you're not waiting for me to get on so I can give you my money, and then you're looking at me like, oh, well, you got it. Well, I worked for it. So now let me help you work for your money. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you work, you help the next person. That's the mentality that people need to have. And this is why I use my platform. Yeah. So I do um, charge for my promo. However, mm -hmm. I on Mondays, every other Monday, I do give free promo to businesses mm -hmm. because I have so many followers and I want to do something good with it. And I need these businesses to understand that it's all good to show somebody else love. There's a bunch of females out there that are IG models that are better than me in a thousand ways. Mm -hmm. And they're charging, you know, more than me. However, um, they're not utilizing their platform to encourage businesses to let them know all of us could be doing the same thing and making money. And that's what I want to do. That's why I give it out for free. I mean, that's what's up. I mean, you know, you do what you got to do. I mean. There's a lot of people out here who just, like you said, they don't even care to help. They don't even care to help. They, like you said, they forget how they how hard it was for them to get to where they're at. That they don't even think about how hard it is for the next person. You might be able to lighten the load if you share a little bit of game for free or whether they pay for it. Right. But another thing is, sadly, a lot of people don't want to pay for that promotion these days, and some people don't understand they need it. Like I tell yeah. people all the time, if you. Having a business and not telling anybody about it is the like thing you can do. I wouldn't say they want, don't want to pay for promotion. I would say they don't want to pay people for promotion. They'll yeah, pay people. Facebook. They'll pay yeah, Instagram yeah. for the ads and stuff. But they don't know that people are ads now. Yeah. You know, That's what I was going to say. And, it's, and this is just in general. People's mentalities have been, has been conditioned to yeah. just keep giving yeah. to who already got it. And it's crazy because we're the same people who say who say, oh, you know, the richer are getting richer. Yeah, because we're putting money in their pocket. Yeah. Let me tell you, if you look at one of my posts, like a positive post that doesn't have my picture in it, that just simply says, you know, tag a business so that you guys can market each other. They don't get nearly as many likes as, you know, just a regular picture. Why? Yeah. Because people are not utilizing their brains for what is needed. If you tag the business and that business tags somebody else, 
then you're putting your money into something that's going to benefit all of us yeah. as opposed to you want to go to Facebook. Facebook got hella money already. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. YouTube got hella money already. Not only that, but you can't really ask YouTube like what if with someone like me, you're going to deal with me personally and I'm going to customize my promotion to what your business needs. But YouTube, let something go wrong. They don't even apologize. You know what I'm saying? For the days that they can't run your ads, you don't even know what's going on in the back end. And instead of you allowing someone like me to support you, you'd rather do it with YouTube. Not to say that that's not a good investment, you know, because it's, it's like national, right? Yeah. But you have to utilize all your resources. Yeah, national, but there's what if they, you know, put, put in the algorithm, they just got your video showing with cat people playing with cats and stuff like that. You know, there's no need to, you ain't paid all this money and now, you know, the people that's not even going to watch it because they care about cats. Yeah. That's I mean, a fact. That is a fact. Yeah, real. But, YouTube, uh, the algorithm is wait, definitely a different thing. So where does God come in between all this? Are you religious? I tell people I don't have a religion. Okay. However, Everything that I've shared, you know, the things that I shared with you guys today, as far as my past, I never had to have sex for money. I never went hungry. I was never in the street dirty. Um, Something or someone always made a way for me. And for that reason, I pray every day. Sometimes I pray 24 hours a day because I know that there is a higher being. I don't associate my higher being with a man in a cross or Buddha. I don't associate him with anything. It doesn't, he doesn't even have a face or she, there's no face to it, but I know that there is something greater than me that has continued because anything that I've ever wanted in this life or anything that I've ever asked for and really prayed for, and then got my ass up and worked hard to get, I've gotten it. So And then I'm going to share one thing. Mm -hmm. My daughter had cancer when she was seven, right? Mm -hmm. She had a red form of cancer in her ear. Mm -hmm. And she had two surgeries. You say in her ear? In her ear. Red form, only three kids um, actually ever were known to have this this, uh, form of cancer, right? And it was so crazy because she will go, she will go, we will get her surgery, and within seconds like she'll be out of surgery and they'll start growing out it looked like a brain almost right mm-hmm. and at that time i had just started like a new career right and the lady was like i had no experience and i was like listen my daughter comes first so you might as well give the job to somebody else she was like nah you know handle your business this job is yours whatever whatever um as far as doctors the doctors that I was going to, because it was growing so rapidly and they didn't understand what was going on, they were like, oh, we wash our hands. We can't do nothing for you. It was crazy. I get to this doctor at, um, in Brooklyn. So Brooklyn has given me a lot of love. Mm-hmm. And he was like, look, I have a conference, you know, on Monday. Let me go to that conference, bring it in, and then I'll talk to you. He goes to the conference. They realize there's only three kids. She's the, she's the third kid. And um, he's like, you know, she's going to lose. I'm going to do the, her surgery, but she's going to lose all motion in her face. She's not going to be able to talk. Um, the surgery is going to take hours and hours. So I'm like, you know, it is it, it is what it is. I'm going to pray on it. So I, I take my daughter home that weekend. We playing or whatever. Her 
her thing, her what was coming out of her ear gets stuck to one of the couches and it starts to bleed, right? Mm. So I couldn't take her to the hospital because nobody was gonna know what the hell to do. So I just let the shit bleed and I'm like praying with her and stuff, right? So that Monday we go to do the surgery. I go out to eat, um, you know, waiting for her surgery. They call me like in less than an hour and they're like, we need you to hurry up <laughs> like come back. So I'm like, what the fuck? I'm thinking the worst, right? Mm-hmm. So I get there, the doctor is in tears, in tears. And he's like, listen, all I did was slice your daughter's ear and whatever she had in there like came out, right? And he was like, I've never in my life seen anything like this. Like he, he, he says, I'm a doctor. You know, I don't believe in God. You know, I don't believe in religion. I believe in science. This is not science. And I still, even though it's my daughter's 19 years old now, and even though it's been so many years, this is the only thing that actually makes me emotional because at that moment, I knew that there is something other than us. You know what I'm saying? Like, I prayed for this day in and day out. My daughter's never been ill. Mm. Nothing. She's perfectly fine. What was so, doctor talking about he don't believe in God. You know, he Yeah, he told me he believes in he believes in science. science and, but he knew that this was a miracle. Yeah, but huh? science don't just pop you up out of nowhere. Science? What does the I don't I didn't understand that. Well, you know, people have different beliefs and I'm okay with that. Like I recently started doing yoga. If you go through my page, I um I have been doing this FDA yoga. It started off as a promo, but it's something, everything that I promo, I make sure that I use. Because if you hit me on my DM and you're like, yo, is this legit? My, my name is attached to it. So I want to make sure that is, you know, legit. Yeah. So I've been doing this yoga. And when I tell you, it's been so good because I'm always so busy. I'm always doing stuff. Like it's lit, you know, they believe in something else, but I still do their yoga. You know what I mean? So it's like people have different beliefs. There's no need to knock it because I don't believe that there's a a right religion. There's anything that's going to take you to heaven. If there is, you know, life after death, I just believe whatever, whatever keeps you going um, and whatever gives you that strength and that faith, then I'm all for it. You know, but I'm not gonna say, "Oh, you're not gonna get into heaven because you know I you don't mean, practice what I practice." Talk about heaven, but for him to just say like he believe in science, like what does that mean? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, okay, you believe in science. Does that mean does that uh, that tells you why you're here? You know, have you looked in a mirror? Do you think? Yeah, right, right. You? Yeah. Did a scientist create you? I mean, who listen, created the I scientist? Mean, majority you know I mean? rules. Most. I mean, he's a doctor, though. I mean, he's raised. I mean, I'm not saying he's raised, but he has to put his beliefs in. You know what he studied. If there's yeah, something going on that he's never studied before, and he has no explanation, there's none in yeah. these books. There's nothing I she can prayed. Google. She went home. We and, can't find yeah. nothing. I went home and prayed. Yeah. All uh, she do is come in here talking about she didn't pray. Baffled oh, you. Nah. He like yeah. what? Yeah, I'm shocked. <laughs> Listen, lady, I don't believe in religion or none of that. I don't believe in science, but this here? Yeah, that's a yeah, he was like, yo, he was like, I've never in my life seen anything like that. Mm-hmm. And all they did was they had to, like, you know, take some of her skin to cover to cover that piece of her ear. Mm-hmm. But she was good. So I bet you his ass believe in something, though, yeah, after yeah. this. Yeah. So, uh... Maybe he didn't do that. Since you've been together for like a year, do you you guys think about that, you know, marriage? Um, 
I he was he was married prior to me. Okay. And initially he was like, oh, I don't know if this is something, you know what I'm saying? Like marriage. Re- as of late, he's been talking about it a lot. Yeah, that's good. So I'm not I'm not in no rush because I feel like things like that need to happen generically. Yeah. And you know, when the, the time when he knows what the hell he got going on. Yeah. So I'm sure I'm sure he knows my, my ring size. You know yeah. your ring, sir. Okay. 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 Right. I mean, listen, he might pull out there. You know what I'm saying? He might so listen, listen, listen. When you guys interview him, you make sure you ask him. You know what I mean? All right. We will. We're going to see. We're going to ask him, man. I'm going to tell him, too. She said you know the ring size, yeah. sir. It was it was great talking with you. Definitely. I hope you allow us to interview you again one day. Yeah, we got to go do this again. Awesome. I'm going to make sure I um give him your, your info so you guys okay. can do this. Definitely. But yo, let me tell you something. If I put Ooh. him on to y'all and y'all don't ask him about this ring situation, oh no, we gonna ask him about this ring situation. We gotta worry. Then we gonna we gonna make sure that be the focus of the interview before we start anything. Sir, where's the ring? Yeah. Okay. Right. Thank you. Thank yeah, you so much. Definitely. Thank you for. Um, Thank you guys for having doing. me. For right. sure. We you appreciate day, you man. doing that too. Awesome. Well, bye-bye. bye bye. Bye.